Welcome to the Radiant Life Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we pray will inspire your heart and challenge your faith. For more information on RLC, please visit myrlc.family or check us out on social media. Have a blessed day. Now here's your message. to be jumping into a brand new sermon series here this morning entitled Stories. Uh, We're just going to be unpacking a few. There's so many. Uh, And so I just chose three New Testament stories. Uh, So we're going to be talking about Lazarus. We're going to be talking about Zacchaeus. And uh, this morning, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Matthew chapter 14. We're going to be looking at the biblical account of Peter walking on water. And I don't don't know about you. Maybe, Maybe you relate to me this morning. I love to plan. Uh, I'm a planner. I love, I love to plan, and I love when a plan comes together. Uh, that was, yeah, that was A-team right there if you were missing it. Uh, but, but I just love to be able to plan, and I love when those plans come to fruition and all you're planning, you're like, wow, this was really good. This is the way it was supposed to work. How many love when it works the way it's supposed to work? But how many know not every day is typical? So if you're taking notes, I've entitled the message today, Not Your Typical Day. A number of years ago, um, Pastor Angel and I were like, hey, let's have some people over for Memorial Day, and this was going to be a, uh, a fun occasion. And how many know when you invite people over to your home, that's when you clean? And uh, so then we, we had cleaned our house. Things were going well. We, we planned and prepped all of this food, and we're getting ready. The time I was associate pastor, she was youth pastor, and we're going to have our lead pastor over and some of our friends. And this, we're just going to have a big, a big celebration. It's going to be great. And uh, so the food's done. The house is clean. We're ready to go. I think we even bought steak, and we don't ever buy steak. And man, we were just going to have a celebration. And uh, the kids were downstairs playing in the basement, and all of a sudden you hear, you hear a scream, and you hear help. And how many know as a parent when someone screams and you hear help, you're like, this could be an issue. And uh, sure enough, I jet down and I run down the steps and I come around the corner into our basement and I look and I see Kirsten laying on the floor and she's laying on her back and her arm is like this and I see bone popping out of her arm. And I was like, oh, this can't be good. And uh, so I was like, Angel, call 911. And uh, so she calls 911. And of course, because it's not your typical day, this is the same time that our entire road was dug up. Like they were putting in all new sewer, all new water line. And so we had no concrete. It was like gravel. And the, the, sure enough, they started doing some parts. So the ambulance couldn't even get to our driveway and they're coming in. And so I'm on the ground. Kirsten's crying. I'm crying and I'm praying for a healing and I'm looking at a bone. I'm like, oh, all right. And uh, so sure enough, the, the EMTs get there and they're, they're talking and they're like, all right, hey, we think we're going to do this with our arm. And I was like, what do you mean you, you think? <laughs> like, I don't know. You, you should know what you're going to do with her arm. Well, it's kind of an interesting where it broke and how it is, and we're not sure. And so sure enough, they get her all taken care of. They get her into the ambulance. They take her to the emergency room. And, and now it's time for x-rays. And how many know that Angel's just nurturing? And, and, and in that moment, she's like, hey, I'm going to need you to go to the x-ray room because if they cause her pain, that's not good for my mama heart. I said, I got this. All right. And so we're in the x-ray room and the x-ray text like, hey, we're going we're gonna to need to hold your arm up so we can get your elbow too. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, man, I'm praying for my daughter and I hope she's going to be okay. And at the same time, I'm thinking, if you hurt my daughter, I'm going to punch you in your face. And so how many know this is a dilemma when you're a pastor, right? You, you, like the rest of you get grace for this. Me, I get put in the newspaper. Okay. This is a whole different ball game now. And so I'm like, all right, this is what's going to happen. And sure, I mean, they're holding her arm up. They get it back, and she broke both bones and dislocated her elbow. And so she's going to have to have surgery. And how many know that you're like, that's not your typical day? 
on top of that, we were leaving in five days to go on a family vacation. And we're like, oh, so this, this just gets better from here, right? And uh, so, so cra- crazy when you think like, hey, you have this normal day planned. We're just going to gather. We're going to celebrate and it's going to be fun. And then all of a sudden something like this happens. And maybe your non-typical day doesn't look like that. But maybe you have a project at home. And how many know that at home, when the question is asked, how long is this going to take, you give, an, you give an accurate, somewhat close description. Like it should take two hours, 13 trips to Home Depot and seven hours later and you're finally done with your project at home, right? Because it's just, you thought it was going to go one way and it doesn't go that way. You're on your drive on your way to work and you're stopped at a red light. And when you're stopped at a red light, everything's normal. And when the light turns green, you go. But on that non-typical day, all of a sudden, someone just plows into the back of your car, rear ends you, and and now your typical morning commute has become a non-typical commute, and now you're going to be late for work. Or maybe you're just, you're such a good planner that you said, hey, we're going to prepare this great meal, and you get out the crock pot, and you're prepping before you go to work, and you put everything in a crock pot, everything's good, and then you come home from work, and you go, I don't smell anything. And then you realize you forgot to turn the crock pot on. How many know that your day went from what was going to be typical to a non-typical day? And the disciples started off in our biblical account in Matthew 14. It's going to be a typical day. They're used to being in a boat. They're used to being put on the water. To be able to get from one side to the other, they would have to go by boat because it would take them forever to get by on their own two feet. They didn't have vehicles like we had. They just couldn't drive to the other side of the lake. And so this was normal. Many of them were fishermen. So this starts off as a typical day, but it definitely turned into a non-typical day. And so let's jump into our text this morning from the book of Matthew chapter 14. It says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus' response, come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down, and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Let's pray. Father, I, I pray that you take the words um, that are on paper, the words of uh, the text of your holy scripture. God, I pray they would become alive in our spirits today. Lord, that you would infuse them with power, that we would, when we leave this place, we would be more like you and less like us. God, help it to transform our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. And so there's two kinds of storms that we see. There are storms of correction when God is disciplining us, and there's storms of perfection where he wants to help us grow. Right? The storms of correction. That's, a, that's where Jonah found himself. Right? He's running because he doesn't want to share with the Ninevites, and this is the moment where he's disobeying, and so God needs to bring some correction but this moment is a, is a storm of perfection where the disciples, uh, this, for the disciples, this is going to be a teaching moment, 
right? God is going to use this moment, Jesus is going to use this moment to teach the disciples an important lesson. And hopefully this morning we will see it can be an important lesson for us. So let's look at some of the lessons that are learned from our text this morning. If you're taking notes, here's number one. Some storms are unavoidable. Some storms are unavoidable. Verse 22 says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. Now, if you know what I know about Jesus, and if you're not aware, Jesus is all-knowing. Okay, God the Father, he's all-knowing. He knows everything. So why in this moment does Jesus know that there's going to be a storm on the water? And it doesn't say Jesus recommended. Jesus thought it was a decent idea, or Jesus suggested the disciples get into the boat. It says what Jesus made them get into the boat. Knowing what was going to happen, where? On the other side. Sometimes we get stuck with, I don't want to go to the other side. And God's like, no, 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 listen. On the other side is blessing. On the other side is provision. On the other side is healing. And so it's important for you to walk through this because there's something that I have for you to learn. And so some storms are unavoidable. But so often in our life, what do we do? We find ourselves uh, trying to get out of the storm and trying, instead of trying to figure out what God wants to teach us through the storm. Right? Get me out of it. There's so much pain. There's so much misery. I don't, I don't like the way this feels. And so God, would you get me out of it? Well, instead of trying to get out of it, what if we, we changed our perspective and said, God, what is it you're trying to teach me through it? Right? What do I need to learn? So stop trying to get out of it. Stop trying to figure your way out of it. Like, what's the next step? Just, just ask yourself a different question. God, what are you trying to teach me through it? What is it that you want me to learn? What is it that I'm supposed to understand in this moment? If we're to decrease and Jesus is going to increase, then there's a lot of lessons that we have to learn. Amen? So number two, what's the second lesson that we can learn? Is courage comes from knowing that Jesus is present. Courage comes from knowing that Jesus is present. Look at verse 27. It says, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. I love that Jesus showed up. But hear me, by all accounts, Jesus was late. He was late. If you had the King James Version Bible, and, and when I was reading that text, it says that there's a, it said that there was, it was the fourth watch when Jesus showed up. So when, so when they were looking at time, you have 12 hours a day, 12 hours a night. But there was, there was watches, first watch, second, third, and fourth. The fourth watch was from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. So they were already, this, the word says, what, a considerable way what, from where they started. So they're, they're, they're around three to four miles away at this point in the evening. And now it's morning. And now all of a sudden Jesus shows up. So I don't know, if I was one of the disciples, maybe that'd be the moment like, Jesus, hey, I'm glad you're here now, but where were you when we first started? How come when we first got in the boat and we shoved off, how come you didn't show up like maybe at hour one or two? Why all of a sudden are you showing up now after we're so far away? Where were you, Jesus? Here's the interesting thing. If you, if you ever have an opportunity to go to Israel, it's, it's noted that you can actually go up to the same mountain where Jesus was praying. The awesome thing is when you go up to that part of the mountain, you can actually see the water. So I wonder, while, while the disciples were in the boat and Jesus was up on the mountain, was he able to see them the whole time? Because here's what I know. We may not be able to see him, but he always sees us. Right? We can't see him, but he can always see us. Let me show you how this works. Stay, just face forward. Okay? Don't turn. Don't follow me. I'll need oxygen by the time I'm back. It's good. No problems. So see here, I can keep talking. And you could pay attention the whole time facing forward. You can't see me, but I can see all of you. 
I, you can't see me, but I can see you. I almost thought I should finish the message this way because I thought that would just be fun and a little crazy. And some of you, you assumed I would, but I'm not going to, right? But here's the deal. We're, we're so busy. We're looking and we're like, no, no, no. I don't see him. How could he be there? We don't have to see him because he always sees us. Church, he hasn't left you. He is watching over you. In the midst of any storm you walk through, it's his presence that gives you courage. It's his presence that brings peace. Can you imagine hearing those words while the disciples are in the boat? Can you imagine hearing those words? It is I. It is I. Don't be affraid. I know life is difficult. There are storms that come our way. It can be downright scary. We don't know what lurks, lurks around the corner. But when we begin to see Jesus, doesn't that change our perspective? Doesn't that change our outlook? He didn't take the storm from them. The storm remained. Right? He didn't take the lions from Daniel. He didn't take Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. He didn't turn the furnace off. They had to go through the storm to be able to learn, to be able to experience the fullness of God. And so he may not remove it, but he's always going to be with you. Because when I talked about Jonah earlier, and Jonah had to walk through something, but how many know the fish didn't swallow him? When, when, when people are hungry and, and, and Jesus is like, hey, how much fish, how many loaves of bread, what do we have? He took what they had and he blessed it and he multiplied it. Why? Because he showed up. He was there. He's always going to be there. It's his presence that gives us the strength and courage to overcome our greatest fears. It's his presence that gives us that strength, that courage to overcome our greatest fears you ever notice that we pray, and, and I'm not saying, because I do it too, we say, hey, Jesus, just be with us. God, would you be with us? Did he ever say he wasn't going to be with us? He never said that, did he? Actually, what he said, he said, listen, I'm always going to be there. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He says that the same power that, was, that, that raised Christ from the dead is now in us. Did you hear me? It's in us. And so he's always going to be there. He's never going to leave us. He's always going to be by our side. And we can have courage knowing that Jesus is present. I remember when my kids were young. Now they're old and grown. And they do grown. You know, they just grown. But I remember when they were, when they were younger and um, they were learning how to jump into the pool. Right? And so I'd be like, oh, come on, come on, jump in. They'd see me jump in. I'd like, come on, jump in. And I'd be kind of here and that would be the edge of the pool. And they would say, daddy, come closer. Daddy, come closer. And I'd be like, okay, no, you can jump in. And they'd say, no, 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 daddy, come closer. And they wanted to be, basically, they wanted to jump over me because that's how close they wanted. But they would, they would stand there and they'd get on their edge and they, they had their little floaties on. They'd be all scared. And they'd be like, you going to catch me, daddy? You going to catch me? And of course, as they jump, what did I do as a, as a father? I let them go. No, I'm just kidding. But I would, <laughs> they would jump and I would catch them. And I wouldn't let them go under the water. And sure enough, what I would I do? I'd back up. Daddy, are you going to catch me? Of course I'm going to catch you. So when you jump, I'm going to catch you. And sure enough, they would jump, and uh, then I would scoop in, and I'd grab them real quick. And then eventually I said, hey, I want you to jump in on your own. I don't know if I can do that. Yes, you can. And so what would I do? I'd go to the other side of the pool, and I'd be like, listen, here's the deal. I'm over here, but I want you to know I'm still with you. I'm not going to let you sink. If you go under, I'm catching you. So you just have to have enough faith to jump in, knowing that I have you. And of course, what they do, ah, right? And they jump in and then I would come and I'd be like, that's so good, right? I'm so proud of you. Jesus is in your pool. He's just wanting you to have enough faith to jump in. He's there. He's got you. He's going to catch you. He's not going to let you sink. 
But do we have enough faith to make that leap? Can we understand and, and know that we can take courage in the midst of the storm because we can hear these words, it is I. Don't be afraid. Can you, would you just let that, let that resonate in your spirit for a minute? Would you hear that this morning as it's Jesus speaking to you? It is I. Don't be afraid. It's I. Don't be afraid. That will revolutionize your, your spiritual walk as you begin to hear his voice saying, man, it is I. Don't be afraid. I think he's speaking to hearts right now. Don't be afraid. The third lesson that we can learn is this. Faith needs to be put into action. Faith needs to be put into action. Verse 29, it says, come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came toward Jesus. So this is where the moment uh, in, the, in, the, in our story, our New Testament story begins to pivot because it was a typical day as they're in the boat and everything, and there's a storm. That's norm. That's normal. They're used to going through that. But now all of a sudden, there's a person walking towards them on the water. How many know that's not a typical day? How many know that ain't happened since, right? You just don't walk on water. All right, and so now all of a sudden in this moment, it becomes this, this non-typical day, and they're walking on water. And I get Jesus walking on water. He's the Son of God. Right? I, I get that. He's going to perform miracles. He, he, he knows all he can do. All, right? I totally understand what Jesus walked on. But Peter? Really? Like, what did Peter do to deserve that opportunity to walk on water? And what about the other disciples? Where was their faith? What, what were they thinking in the moment? How come they didn't get out of the boat? How come they didn't walk on water? And I, I often wonder when I read the text, if they wanted more detail and God was only going to give them direction. How many of you want more detail? Hey, God, give me all the details of why I'm going to make this move. God, give me all the details so I can plan out what it is you're going to do, when you're going to do it, and why you're going to do it. I think even through our study uh, of the end times that we've been doing, that we started on Wednesday night. God, give me all the detail. I want to know all because I, I know in your word when you say, listen, even the son of man doesn't know the day or time when I'm coming. Could you just tell it to me? I know Jesus don't know, but if you could just tell it to me, I would have reassurance. I'd, I'd have some, some more understanding. And so I want to know what it's going to look like. What's it going to happen? I want to know the dates specifically so I can be prepared. And God's like, listen, I don't want to give you the detail. I'm just going to give you the what? The direction. The direction. What did Jesus say? He said one word, come. That was it. He didn't give anything else. If it was up to me, me and you, you know what we probably would have done? If it was like, hey, why don't you come walk on water with me? We would have grabbed our phones, we would have pulled it out like this, and we would have Google searched, how do you walk on water YouTube video? Yep, there's got to be, someone's got to have done it, right? And so there, there has to be a way to teach me because I need more instruction. I need more detail. And God's like, no, 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 listen. I'm going to give you the direction. I just need you to walk out in obedience. And that's it. Because why? Because faith is a verb. It's action. Anybody can sit in the boat, but not all can walk on water. Do you hear me? Anybody can sit in a boat, but not all can walk on water. You can say, man, I, I, I really love God, and we should be saying we love God, but that should move us. That should compel us to more action. It should motivate us, right, to get up out of our seat, to get involved. It should push us. It should compel us to not sit on the sidelines, but to get in the game. Not just to be a, be a spectator, but to be a participant, to get out there and, and, and move. There's always opportunities here at Radiant Life Church to serve. There should be something inside of us saying, what part do I play? What, what role do I play in serving for, for a greater purpose, the kingdom of God? There should be something in us that's moving us with compassion and empathy to love our neighbors more, to get to know them, to help serve them. There should be something within us that says, hey, if there's someone in need, how can I help? That's what I love about Radiant Life Church. This, this week, 
We had, we had a, a, a member of our church pass away due to complications uh, of COVID-19. She was a, a phenomenal servant here at the church. I remember the first time about nine years ago, she started coming to our church and we were doing a car wash and she showed up. I think she only come to the church like once or twice and it was a fundraiser. And she's like, oh, I'll help. And she brought her family and we're washing cars and we're drying cars. And she was like, hey, I'll take all the dirty towels home. I'll wash them. I was like, sold, right? Here you go. Took them all home, brings them all back. I mean, they were perfectly folded and put in a plastic storage tote. And it was in that moment where I was like, that's so good. You got my heart, you get me. Like we're connected, kindred spirits. You're doing with excellence, right? That was before our leadership core value of going beyond and serving with passion. I was like, oh man. But it was in that moment, I was like, that's, that's, so, that's so great. The deal of it is, is she had internal struggles with, uh, some autoimmune issues. She never complained about them. She only served. That's all she did is she gave. And what are we willing to give? What, what kind of compassion and empathy do we have? And so, so uh, this week, um, we had people from our church go over to their house and, and mow their yard for them. We've reached out in faith. We've, we've taken a meals. We're, we're taking a meals for the next three weeks. Why? And people are like, what can we do? How can we help? Because that's what happens when, when faith becomes an action and you want to reach out. You want to invest in the life of somebody else that is hurting and walking through a tough time. You want to see God do something amazing in your life, then get out of the boat. Right? Be willing to get out of the boat. God use, moves in such unique ways, ways that we can't understand. But we always want to leave God in the boat. We want to put him in a box. Like, God, this is the way you move. This is the way you're supposed to move. And so when I come to church, this is the song we sing. And this is when you move. This is when you show up. And God's like, listen, I'll show up and do whatever I want. But I think sometimes we just have to be willing to get out of the boat. I'd love to be able to walk on water, but that means I gotta get out of the boat. And so all of us have a choice to make today. You can sit in the boat or you can get up and walk on water. That's the choice. The fourth lesson is we need to stay focused. Verse 30 says, but when, you, when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. We, we all have obstacles in our life that distract us from the goals. Peter began to doubt when, when he changed his perspective, when he lost focus. See, when he was looking at the eyes of Jesus, when his eyes were fixed, I didn't, we didn't, I didn't even know Bree would pick that song this morning, right? But, but our gaze is fixed, right, on Jesus. And, and so when our gaze is fixed there, it gives us a perspective that he's always going to be there. But it's when we begin to look at the problems, it's when we, we begin to look at our circumstances, it's when we begin to look at our giant that is in front of us, that we lose perspective of who is for us. And so Peter begins to sink, because he took his focus, he took his attention off of Jesus. And it's easy to lose sight. It's easy to lose sight on the target in the middle of a storm. It's easy to lose sight of, of what's there in front of us. But when we keep our eyes fixed on the goal, it helps us keep moving towards that goal. I think back when I used to run cross country, as you can tell by my physique, I haven't run a long time, but don't judge me. Uh, but when I used to run cross country, I would never look at the runner in front of me. I would always look at the runner in front of the runner that was in front of me because I wasn't worried about catching the person in front of me. I was worried about catching the person, two people in front of me, right? Because there was a bigger, a bigger goal at stake. And that any time during the race, when you'd, you, you'd wrap a corner, you'd finish a corner, wherever you're at, and you would see the finish line, there was something within you that you, you get another burst of energy. There is more left in the tank. You can run faster, you can run farther because you see the finish line. Why? Because there was a goal. You know that there is an end. And when you see that goal, you can, you can give it more. Is it the same for us when we're following after Christ? There is a goal. 
That goal one day is to stand in his presence and hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That is the goal, to experience him in eternity forevermore. But that's a goal. And that goal should compel us. It should motivate us and give us a little bit more in the tank to keep going each and every day, regardless of the storm that we may see and regardless of the storm that we face. So we have to be willing to stay focused. It's hard. It's hard to... Pastor Angel said this probably a year ago. She said, you, you will stare where you steer, right? She was talking about me, but it's so true because it's hard to look at two things at the same time, isn't it? Like when you're driving down the road, you see a nice car and you start looking at that car and next thing you know, you're veering towards that car or you see a really nice house and then you start veering towards that house. I always know in that moment because I'm, I'm a man and so I usually say, don't worry, I got everything under control. It's not a big deal. Well, you were running, you were driving on the rumble strip. Well, that what is, that's what it's there for, Right? That's how I know I have it under control. I didn't go that far over the line, okay? But, but we can't stare, right, at two, two different things at the same time. But what happens is when you're driving, if you don't correct and get back in your lane, you will keep going. It's the same way with following Jesus. We lose something and we lose sight of something, and then we go looking for it in all the wrong places. Right? You think about something like joy, like, I want to I have some joy back in my life because, because I understand what the joy of the Lord is. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Well, you want some joy in your life? You have to go finding with, from the joy giver himself. You're not going to find it in anything and everything. We want to find it in people. We want to find it in our spouse. Well, if my spouse was happier, I'd be happier. That may be true. But your, your spouse doesn't bring you joy. Your joy is found in him. Well, if the right political party was in office, then I would have more joy. That also could be true. However, your joy is not found in a political party. It's found in Christ. And so you want some joy, go looking in the right spot. Regain your perspective of him and not everything else around you. The scripture says that we're to be zealous for the house of God. And you're like, man, I feel like I lost a little bit of my zeal, a little bit of my passion. Hear me on this, church. This is not judgment. If you want to have a zeal and a passion for the house of God, for the things of God, then don't stay away. Reconnect. We said this throughout all of, of the pandemic and the quarantine, and trust me, it was, you, if you know the Perupskis, you know this was heartfelt. If you're staying home out of health reasons, we totally get it and we totally understand. That's why we spent a lot of money to make sure that you could watch us online. We get that. But if you are staying home out of habit, come on back. Right, come on back, because there's something that's powerful when we come together, when we're joined together, and we can stay focused together. There's a unity, there's, there's, there's power and accountability, but we have to be willing to stay focused. Man, I, I love that we provide ample opportunity every Sunday for us to worship. But if you're like, I just, ah, if you play this song, I would connect more. Or, you know what I mean? If you do this, maybe it would be a little bit better. Um, if you want to reconnect and you want to have a passion for worship, then you have to do it outside the four walls of the church. Right? It's, it's, I'm, I'm not saying... You, well, I'm probably saying you can't. It's really hard to worship and stay connected to the Father if you're listening to Tupac. Okay? It is. Now, but here's the thing. So if you want to regain your passion for worship, then put on some worship music. There's lots of it. Hit play and just listen and allow God to rechange your perspective and your focus. Here's the fifth lesson if you're taking notes. Is Jesus will come to the rescue. The scripture says immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why do you doubt? Now, I don't know about you, but when I read that text, I got a little defensive for Peter. 
How many know what I'm talking about? In that moment, I probably would have said, I may not say I probably would have said it, I probably definitely would have said it, because um, something inside of me would be like, Jesus, are you for real right now? You just called me in front of all my boys. You just said, you have little faith. But, but I'm the only one who got out of the boat. Shouldn't you be speaking to everybody else in the boat? Shouldn't you have said, you guys have no faith, but look what Peter did. Look at Peter. Look how awesome Peter is. But you didn't say that. Why did you challenge me in front of them? Well, maybe there was a lesson Peter needed to learn. But maybe it wasn't about Peter at all. Do you ever think about that? Can you imagine the conversation later on after this moment? Because Jesus comes to the rescue and he's there. Can you imagine the other disciples like after two days, maybe later, when they're talking, they're like, Peter, I don't even want to talk to you. You showed us up. We all stayed in the boat and you got out and walked on water. And why, why you? Of all the people, why you? I'm so much better than you, Peter. That should have been me. And yet you got to experience this and no one else has got to experience that. And so we're really angry with you, Peter. Isn't that what we would do in today's society? Instead of rejoicing with someone else, we'd rather kick them in the moment and tear them down because we, didn't, we missed out an opportunity when they all had the same opportunity. But here all of a sudden, Jesus comes to the rescue. Now, Jesus could have let him sink and said, you're right. You know what, Peter? I could have, could have said them faith, but I'm talking about your faith, and you're the one who took your eyes off of me, and so I'll just let you sink because that's what you deserve. But I'm so grateful that God does not give us what we deserve, that he always reaches down, that he always comes to the rescue. Faith isn't about walking on water. It's about how close can we get to the person of Jesus. And I love that it says what? Immediately. Immediately, what did he do? Pastor Angel, come up here for a minute. I told her to act like a damsel in distress in the first service. Uh, she did a really good job. She's got great acting skills. Um, but, but we've been married 24 years, right? And I love you, and you love me. I'm just making sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Woo. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to do me a favor. I need you to fall, and I'll catch you. From here. Yeah, gotcha. No, dog. <laughs> what? No, you trust me, though, right? We're together. I got you. I, will, I am nimble enough. I'm like a panther. I'm like a puma. I will, I, I will get there. On your mark, get set. She still doesn't want to fall. Why? because there's a distance. It's hard to catch somebody when you're so far away. But check out how this works. Can you fall now? Like, oh, save me. I got her. See, I told you she was good, right? But here's the deal. It's a lot easier to catch somebody when you're close to somebody. Jesus immediately came. Why? He came to the rescue immediately. Why? Because that's how close he was. He didn't have to come running to get to Peter. He was already there. He doesn't have to come running in the midst of your storm. He's already there in the midst of your storm, and he's waiting to catch you. He's coming to your rescue. He will not let you sink. He's not going to let you sink. That's how much he loves you. Are we willing to understand that he's coming to the rescue? Because hear me on this, church. When we sink in our failures... God's grace picks us up. I think that's why Peter walked on water. And it was in that moment where, Peter, you failed, but my grace is sufficient. Come on, get back in the boat. He puts him back in the boat. And then Peter just, I mean, he probably didn't tell him, but I'm assuming it was in that moment where you thought Peter learned his lesson. But God just gives more grace. 
It's the same Peter who said, Jesus, I don't, you know, this is me paraphrasing, I don't think it's a good idea, Jesus, for you to go and to give your life and to die. And so I'm going to protect you. And so when, when the guard is there, I'm just going to chop off his ear. It's going to be fine. We got this. I'll protect you, Jesus. When you read the Bible, Jesus picks, gets down, he picks, does a little miracle, puts it back on. And it's the same Peter who's going to deny Jesus three times. These are learning moments for Peter. And in the midst of his greatest failure, God's grace is always bigger. I believe someone needs to hear this. In the midst of your greatest failure, God's grace is always bigger. You say, man, but passionless, you don't know. The decision I made, the choice that I made, it, it puts so much in between me, my family, my friends, loved ones, whatever, whatever it was, his grace is sufficient. And you may not be able to restore, but he can you may not have that faith to make that next step and to get up out of the boat, but it's through his power and through his presence where he's gonna ask you to walk on water. You just have to be willing because he's coming to the rescue. And here's the last thing. Here's the last lesson that we can learn. Acknowledge the one who is behind the miracle. It says in verse 32, and when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped and saying, truly, you are the son of God. You see, at the end of this account, the water was still there. And the water was still rough. But the disciples realized something. This is Jesus. He's the Messiah. He's the Savior. He's the soon coming King. And I'm going to worship him accordingly because it wasn't about the water in this moment. It was about the worship in that moment. And this morning, it's not about the water in your moment. It's not about the storm. It's not about the size of the wave that you feel like is crashing over you. It's about the worship. It's about the God, I, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna surrender this storm, this circumstance to you. And I will worship you accordingly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you what you deserve, which is the glory and honor for who you are as savior of the world. And when we begin to worship, it changes our perspective. Because when we worship, our, our perspective is no longer on the obstacle, no longer on the storm, no longer on the size of the giant or the mountain in front of us. It's on the Jesus who's beside us. And so worship is so important because it changes our perspective. Celebrating and recognizing his goodness allows us to remember his faithfulness in the trial. So each and every day, God gives us an opportunity to bless him for what a great job he's done. You're drawing breath this morning. He did a great job through you. He's the author and finisher of our faith. He's providing for you bless him. He's moving in your life, bless him. You're, you're being reconciled to a family member you haven't talked to in a while, bless him. You're in the midst of a storm, but you're not sinking, bless him. I'll, I'll chop it out of the recording, we'll use service one. Let me just share this. I don't, the scripture says that God is working all things for the good of those that love him. And I don't know why, I can't, I'm not the one to give you the why. Why does God move the way that he does? I will just say in the first service, we closed in prayer and it was in the moment where I, I lost it and I began to cry. Pastor Angel was backstage, she began to cry. Because I said, I said this, listen, in this moment, maybe you find yourself in a storm and you feel like you're sinking, but Jesus wants to come to your rescue. He's going to pick you up and you're gonna have a life-giving relationship with him because you're gonna surrender your life to him. It's in that moment where you make the most important decision of your life. And did you know the man who lost his wife? raised his hand and I can guarantee you
because I've had the multiple conversations with her. Her heart's desire was for her family to know Jesus. And I would never choose that route, ever. She would have. She would have. And I can guarantee you there's a worship that's taking place because there is a reason to celebrate that God is moving even when we can't see it. Even when we don't think like, God, this makes no sense. But God is moving. Are you willing to worship him for how he's, what he's doing in your life? We all have seasons, we all have storms. But the scripture says, if you will draw near to him, he'll do what? He'll draw near to you. So as we close this morning, I'm just gonna challenge you. Would you take a few moments to draw near to him? For just a moment, would you close your eyes? I want you to know he's not gonna let you sink. He wants a life-giving relationship with you. He wants to be able to call your name and say, come. He wants you to be able to get out of the boat and to walk on water, but, but in order for him to call your name, you, you have to be his follower. You gotta surrender. And I know we get this concept of surrender means I'm quitting. When we surrender to Jesus, hear me on this, it's not that we're quitting. What we're saying is I can't do it by myself. I need your help. Peter in that moment couldn't get himself up out of that water, but it was in that moment where Jesus immediately pulled him down and gave him new life. And that's what surrendering to Jesus is. It's about him coming, about giving his life for yours. It's about surrender so that he can come to your rescue. So if you're here this morning, you say, that's me, Pastor Lance. I I don't know Jesus, but I want to know Jesus. And I feel like I'm sinking and I need him to come and pick me up. And I need a relationship with him. Whether you're watching online or in person, if that's you, would you just raise your hand toward heaven so I can pray with you this morning? Say, that's me, Pastor Lance, I need, I need a relationship with Jesus. Would you pray with me? I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna call you out. All I wanna do is pray with you. Father, this morning, we admit our need for you. There's so many things in this world and in this life that we can't walk through alone. And God, we need you. We believe, Jesus, that you are the one true Savior, that you are the Messiah, that there is no way other than your way. And God, we confess our need for you. We confess our sins. We ask that you would truly come in and forgive us and that you would wash us, that you would cleanse us, that you would begin the purifying process of our lives, that we would begin to decrease so you would increase in us and through us as we surrender to you. no one looking around. If you're here this morning, you'd say, Pastor Lance, listen, I feel like that. I feel, I feel like you were preaching to me. I feel like I'm, I'm, I got out of a boat and I feel like I'm, I'm sinking and I need, I need that rescuing touch of Jesus in the midst of my storm. I need his presence. If that's you, you're in the middle of a storm and you just need a rescue. Would you raise your hand as Pastor Angel comes to close us in prayer this morning? All over this place, if that's you, thank you. I need his rescue. Thank you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are so faithful and true. 
and that you're not the kind of God who looks down with shame and judgment upon your children when we fail, but you're the kind of God who sent his very best, his only son, to die to rescue us, to, to just get in that place where we are and, and to pick us up and dust our knees off and, and to walk with us and journey through this life together. Thank you that it's not our perfection that requires you to love us, but it's your perfection, your perfect love that loves us in all things and through all things. Thank you that you are with us, that you're going before us, that you are, you are a friend that loves in every season, that you don't give up on us and that you make a way each and every time we fail. God, I pray that you would just restore joy all over this place, that you would give peace in the midst of pain, that you would bring healing where, where disease is running rampant. We pray that you would restore marriages and, and just reunite relationships. God, do your best work. Be God. We surrender to you. We lay our lives before you, our minds and our hearts before you, asking that you would do your job in our lives and that you would help us step aside and remember that you are God all by yourself. We thank you for what you're gonna do in our lives. We thank you for restored relationships, for mended relationships back with you and for who you are in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.